0: Well, hello and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. Today we have a message from Pastor Ryan Iverson of Love City Church in Calgary, Alberta. He came as a guest speaker for us at one of our Saints team nights, and we were so honored to have him, and we hope you enjoy this message. It blesses you and encourages you. It's really impactful, and I think you're going to love it. I'm on a mission tonight. I feel like the Lord, immediately when Pastor Brett uh, asked me to speak, the Lord gave me one word and that seems to be a theme tonight. It's just my thing right now. One word and the word was why. Why? And I thought the Lord gave me a mission tonight to remind you why. Why do we bust our butts to build this church? Why do we give our time, our money, our effort, Sometimes relationships, sometimes we don't do certain things to invest ourselves into the house of God. Why do we do what we do? And I don't know about you, but after this COVID season, I, from our church, our, we had a tired team. We had a team who many people didn't come back. They asked if they could serve online. And I said, I don't know if there's any options for you to serve in your house watching online. You could do hospitality for your children, but, you know, it doesn't really count. But, you know, how can we serve uh, in this new season? And you're all here tonight as a representation of the first fruits of people who are coming back to the house of God to serve. Amen. But I know how tiring it can be. We planted a church. It's our fifth year a couple of days ago. I don't know why we started November 20th, but it was the stupidest idea ever. It was not strategic at all. I just said, let's start a church. All right, let's do it. November 20th, and uh, we've been building a church now for five years and uh, drafting my friends here, and it's hard work. How many of you know it's, it's a commitment? It takes time, effort, energy. Sometimes you're given more money than everybody else, more time than everybody else. The, the you know, t- t- statistics show 20%. Do 80% of the work, right? So why? Why are you here tonight? Tonight's message is not rocket science, but I just felt that I could push the vision one yard forward, you know, just a little bit forward in your journey that you could be reminded of these three very important things that we'll find for Ephesians chapter three and help us understand why do we do what we do? Because if we get away from the why, you're going to build a church that won't make the impact God wants you to have. It'll be wasted effort. We want to make sure we make an impact uh, for the kingdom of God. And so I want you to know tonight that the, the church of Jesus Christ is the most important thing that you can give your life to. There is nothing more important than the church of Jesus Christ. Yes, your family, of course. Yes, Jesus, of course. Yes, you've got goals and you've got ambitions and you've got careers. Of course, those things are so important. But I want you to know the thing that will bear the most eternal value when you die and go to heaven is being a part of the house of the living God. You serving the house of Jesus Christ. You serving the church of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than being in the house of God. You are committed to the house. You are committed to the King. You're committed to the Father. The word "Ecclesia" is used 119 times in the New Testament, and 29 times it's used to define what we call the scattered saints. But but 90 times it's used to define the gathered saints. It's actually the Greek word is the word where people would gather around a religious per, uh, perspective idea and they would gather in public spaces. The idea of being a part of the house of God isn't just an idea that we came up it's God's idea. Not only is it God's idea but he's been doing it for generations and not only that, that God's church, the church of Jesus Christ is the answer, the instrument, the tool by which he will restore the kingdom of God to the earth. It is through the church that Jesus Christ will restore his kingdom to the earth. Jesus Christ is coming back for His church, and you will not find anything else on this planet that is more eternal value than that. Don't, I want to encourage you today, team. Remember that you're not just volunteering at a good idea or a nonprofit organization, you are serving the church of the living God. And there is nothing more valuable than that. The church of Jesus Christ, despite what's happening in our culture, Culture, COVID, politics, government, all sorts of stuff that we've been facing. I'm afraid to even say some of them that I might get sued. (laughs) All these things make us wonder is the church still going forward? Is God still involved in the church? Is God still moving even though it feels like there's floods and there's earthquakes and there's COVID and there's you know, sickness and genocide and difficulty and hardship and there's all sorts of things happening across our world? Does God still have a plan? Does God still have a, a, an agenda? Is God still in control? What's going on in our world? God, are you still involved in what's happening? I'm here to tell you today, the church of Jesus Christ is alive and unstoppable. There is nothing that can stop the church of Jesus Christ. Do you know that there's been empires that were meant to be unstoppable? The Persian and the Roman Empire. And they are gone. There's people who have lived hundreds of years. And thousands, billions and billions of people have gone through the earth. And they are gone. There's been major empires of corporations worth billions and billions of assets. And guess what? They're gone. The only thing that remains is the church of Jesus Christ. What you're a part of today is the most important thing you can invest your life into. And I going to look at a scripture here for just the few moments I have. And, and I'm, I'm warning you, I'm not going to give you, uh, we're not going to talk about the, the order of Melchizedek tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to give you three very simple things that I know Pastor Brett, Pastor Brett and, and Pastor Desiree are wanting this to be focused of, of our church. I know this because I know them that if they could accomplish these three things, I believe that they would be able to stand before the Lord and Jesus would say, good job, my good and faithful servant. Let's turn in our Bibles if you'd like. Uh, You can also see it on the screen, I think, uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, and the church of Ephesus is an amazing church. It's where we find a lot of doctrine about the church and the, the ecclesia. And here, uh, Paul is trying to help them understand something because there was a, a challenge going on in the church where there were people entering the church who began to believe that, again, the church was only for a certain type of people. And so... Paul was writing this letter to correct a perspective that, man, the, the, he's trying to say it's, it's about more than what you think it is. You think it's about this narrow-minded individual group of people, but in reality, it's worth so much more than that. In verse 6, let's read down to verse 12, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. And though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church... To display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. See, here Paul is saying to these people that there was a time when the message of Jesus Christ, the message of of God, came to a group of people called the Jewish Nation. And in this select group of, of people, as Jesus walked the earth and walked around and ministered on the earth, there was a bunch of people who were acting religious and pious and perfect and had everything together. And they began to teach this idea that the only way for you to be a part of this message of this church is if you got your stuff together. And so they began to build church environments where it was all about the people inside the building. Their focus began to be on the eternal world of the church. And they begin to focus themselves on things like looking the part and acting the part and walking the part. And if you read any time through the Gospels, you see who did Jesus get ticked off at the most? The religious folks. And he said, you know what? We see Paul here saying, listen, you have to understand something that this reality of the church, the reality of the message of Jesus is that all people, every race, every color, all people can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that the church of Jesus Christ is not just about the Christian. The church of Jesus Christ is about people who are far from God. You see, Ryan, what's the first why? The number one why we see is that the church of Jesus Christ is about reaching lost people. The Church of Jesus Christ is about reaching people who don't know the Lord, people who are far from God, people who, the the church is unstoppable when it focuses itself on lost people. Do we take care of our Christian folks? Yes. Do we grow to maturity? Of course. But people who are mature stop thinking about themselves and start thinking about lost people. We've built churches that are focused on growing people to maturity, which I am all about. But the problem is, is that maybe people go to maturity, but they forget that this isn't about me. This isn't about whether I like the song. This isn't whether I get people mad at me because I don't say happy birthday to them on Sunday. This isn't about the carpet color. This isn't about whether or not I like Pastor Brett's outfit. This isn't about whether or not I got my opportunity in this group or that team or that thing. That's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about the 600,000 people in Edmonton who do not affiliate with Jesus Christ. Now, I came here on a mission tonight, and he can clean up after me, but I'm just going to be bold and proud tonight and say to you that the church of Jesus Christ is not about you. That's like a golf clap. I don't like this guy (laughs) who invited him. (laughs) The church of Jesus Christ is about lost people. 1.4 million people in Edmonton. The last survey study. he probably knows more than I do, but probably the the lowest percentage would be, and you can correct me, Pastor Brett, later, 40% of people would not affiliate with Christianity or be unbelievers. That's over 600,000 people. See, what Paul was trying to tell the people here is that, you guys, it's not about the Jew anymore. It's about both the Jew and the Gentile. It's about both. It's about lost people. It's about people finding life in Christ. Helping people find Jesus so that they can find life. Come on, it's about anyone and everyone can discover hope and life in Jesus Christ. Okay, anybody in the room uh, gave their life to Jesus Christ at Saints Church? Put your hand in the air. Okay, how long have you been a follower of Jesus? Okay, how about yourself? Three, anybody else? In the back. 16 years, okay, who else? Okay. Right here, buddy. 13. Okay. Come on. We have people in the room who have given their life to Jesus Christ because of what you do every week. You think when you set up a cup of coffee that it's not valuable? Oh, it is. Our friends here gave their life to Jesus Christ, and they will now spend an eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. And guess what? If they didn't know Jesus, they would spend an eternity in hell without God. We have to remember something when we serve on a team. This isn't about me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I want. I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm here to serve the house of God. I'm here to serve the vision of the elders and the, and the pastors. And I am here to reach as many people that I, that I can that do not know Jesus Christ. People who grow in their maturity reach lost people. And I bet you if these four or five people could tell you their story, they would tell you what life was like without Christ. Many of us, including myself, man, I I was born on a pew and got saved on a pew. Hopefully, actually probably the same pew. It was gross. Physical, spiritual birth all in one spot. But I, you know what, I've, been, I've had addiction in my life, made two areas of major addiction in my life that's been through my marriage. That, that uh, I, I don't believe that we have eternal salvation. That's, I believe Hebrews chapter 6 teaches us that we can stray away from the living God. I mean, there's moments in my life where unbelief entered my heart, and I was drifting away from the living God, but I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and I came back to the saving knowledge of Jesus, and guess where I did it? In the house of the Lord. There's purpose here, and the why is lost people. Here's the second thing. In verse 9, I don't know if you can put that up there. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus. He says the, the plan was to display his wisdom in rich variety. Another phrase for this is manifold wisdom. Wisdom. That word manifold, it means multifaceted, multicolored, complex, deep. No one can understand its depth. The ancient Greek would use this word as to define intricacy, intricacy or complexity or great beauty. You see, Ryan, what is this multi-variety? What is this manifold wisdom of God? You've already this. the manifold wisdom of God that's been kept secret to the foundation of time. His name is Jesus. Ryan, what's our second why? Jesus, simply and 100%, Jesus. Our job is to bring color to the lives of people who don't know the Lord, to bring color, the multifaceted wisdom of God, how many of you know that in this crazy season of life, I talk, talk to my kids, they come home from school, and they said, your friend said, what? Your teacher said, huh? Like, what's happening? There's a, there was a protest at our school the other day, and I'm like, why are they protesting? I'm like, they're just skipping school, Dad. I don't know. Signs said all sorts of stuff. I'm like, what? They're like, four. Why are they protesting? I don't know what's happening. Only thing I, never mind, like, I just, like, I, I don't know what's going on in our world today, but what I know is this, is that if I don't keep it about Jesus, I'm going to stray off the path. In this day and age, it's easier for you and I to make it about something else other than Jesus. And you and I's responsibility is to bring color to people's lives. And I just want to show you this video. It's just 90 seconds long. And this video, will just show you what happens when people experience Jesus. The world is colorblind. It sees gray. It sees black. It doesn't have any color in its life because it, there's, the unbeliever's spirits are dead. But when you meet Jesus Christ, guess what happens? Your spirit comes alive. And multicolored facet of the wisdom of God fills your life. Let's just watch this 90-second video here. Ah, you're not there. Don't break it. You froze. Oh, yeah. for the color blind I'm, I am colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now oh, these are these are special glasses. Your kids yeah. have been engineered that when people wear them that are colorblind, you get to see color just like we all see. Color. So. <laughs> and it came with balloons and all that. Oh my goodness. I can put these on and it'll because we're supposed to be? It'll like how we all see us. You have direct your eyes so that you'll see how it's supposed to see it. It's so clear I can't believe it. <laughs> See, when people put on Jesus in their life, it goes from gray and dark and dingy and sad and depressing. And when they meet Jesus, when we keep it about Jesus, it adds color to their life. You see his response when he put on those glasses? I bet you the response was same when you met Jesus. He said, oh my gosh, look at my life. I want to encourage you, don't make the church about anything other than Jesus. It's about Jesus. The danger in growing churches such as this, which I, large environments, is we can get easily miss the, the point, the focus. Because there's so much going on. There's so much to protect emotionally. There's so much going on. There's so many things. we have got to remember, it doesn't really matter. What matters the most is, is Jesus being magnified? Is Jesus being exalted? Is Jesus being preached? Is Jesus being adored? Is Jesus the center of everything that we do? Is Jesus the center of our worship and our youth ministry? Is Jesus the center of our hearts? Is Jesus the center of our giving? Is Jesus the center or not? That's all that matters. Come on, our third thought here tonight, and then I'm going to let you go. It says in this verse, in verse, um, verse 9 again, it says that God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom. The church. He wants to use the church to display God's glory. Now, the three wise, He wants to use the church to display Jesus so lost people can be saved. What we see in this verse is something very fascinating. I don't know if you caught it, but he says this. And the, the, the idea here is that the church is unstoppable because it's built by regular broken people. In this verse here, it says in verse 9 here, it says that he wants to use the church to display his manifold wisdom to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So what he's saying in this verse is that all the the principalities and powers, if you look at this, these are the ranking uh, celestial uh, officials, the, the, the different colonels and lieutenants, and there were all sorts of angels, the thirds of the angels in heaven, and a third of the angels who had fallen to the earth. And all of these angels, remember, were created beings. And you have to remember this. These angels are not omnipresent. They are not omniscient. They are just like you and I, except they're spiritual, celestial beings, and we have flesh. And so these angels, when they saw what was going on in the world, they were just as confused as anybody else. They don't know what's happening. It says in this verse that he wanted to use the church to display the very purposes of God to the unseen principalities that are watching from above and below. We see this idea in this verse that when Jesus came to the earth and walked along the earth and when Jesus was being crucified on the cross and he looked across all of the people who were abusing him and mocking him and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he was murdered on that day. All of the angels in heaven said, what is going on? All the demons in hell said, yes, we won. And then Jesus was buried and he rose on the third day. And all the angels in heaven said, yes, we won! And all the angels in hell said, dang it, we lost! And then Jesus, as you know, ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the angels said, now we know what this is all about. But they missed one point. The angels were following along with this journey and this story of Jesus dying and rising and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then God did something incredible. He came back to earth he came down, and on that day in Acts chapter 2, God came to earth, and he filled a cussing, angry, wrong-motivated man named Peter. This guy had denied Jesus just days prior, and he's standing on the very edge of this patio, filled with the very presence of the living God filled inside of his heart and his mind, transformed, he's broken, he's hurting, he's regular, he he had lost, he abandoned Jesus, he sinned, he was standing at the very edge of this patio and he began to prophesy and speak the word of the Lord and that day the Ecclesia began, the church of Jesus Christ and God used broken regular people like you and like me to build his church. See, we have to understand something about being a part of the local church. Is that why do we do what we do? Because God doesn't want to use perfect people. God wants to use sinful, broken, deplorable people like me and like you. He wants to use the areas of your life that you try to let no one else know about. And you try to make sure you got it all figured out. Everyone on your team knows you, you got it. You're good. I don't look at that. I don't do that. I'm perfect. But God wants the brokenness in you. He wants the areas in you where you say, God, I can't do it. The areas of me that no one else knows about. The things in you that you won't tell anybody, that you won't talk about. You say, God wants to actually heal you and use you. Do you know when Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah was in the very presence of God. And as he was standing in the very presence of God, he realized he was a wicked man. I am a man of unclean lips. Remember this story? He says, God, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. I'm going to die. I'm in the very presence of the living God. I live amongst a wicked people, and I'm a wicked man. My lips are unclean. And do you remember what happened in the story? The angel came over to Isaiah and placed a coal. Where did he place it? On his lips. And then the Lord spoke to Isaiah and said, whom will go for us? Who can I send? And Isaiah said, here I am, God. Send me. And he says, you're going to be my spokesperson. Listen, the very area of sin in Isaiah's life was the very way in which God used him to build his church. God wants to use you in these areas where you feel the weakest and you feel the most broken, you're often trying to do things out of your strength and out of things you're good at. I want to speak the prophesy in you today. Some of you here, God has called you to do incredible things in the house of the Lord, but you've disqualified yourself because you think, I'm not good enough or I'm too much of a sinner or I haven't been this or that, or I've been long enough or been a Christian enough. I don't know what King Melchizedek is in the first place. I don't know anything. Listen, God wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. The church of Jesus Christ is built on brokenness. It's built on humility. It's built on Jesus. It's built on saving lost souls, and if we can build a church that's focused on you just being you, recognizing that you don't have to have it all figured out. My wife and I were praying for you here on the drive up. We felt like maybe there's some people in the room tonight who've been feeling weary. Maybe you feeling like, man, I just, maybe there's some area of sin in your life, and you're like, gosh, I just don't know what to do. I gotta, I wanna make a confession to you. The greatest thing I've ever done in my life is confess all my sin. There was an earlier time in my life, I had a drinking problem. As a pastor, I was drinking way too much. A time in my life where I was addicted to pornography, younger in my ministry years, almost ruined my marriage. And a day came where inside of my heart, I confessed my sin to the Lord, I confessed my sin to my wife. And in that moment, I experienced what true liberation and freedom in a relationship with Jesus felt like. Now, did it take years for me to figure this stuff out? It sure did. But I stand here today, sober, healthy, happy. God has moved in my life. And guess what? He's using us, a broken person, to build a church in the city of Calgary to reach lost people. The greatest thing you can do tonight is to come before the Lord and say, God... I've got this sin in my life. I've got this area of weakness in me. I've got this area in me that I'm not, I'm not proud of. And he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, I love you, son and daughter. I forgive you, I redeem you, and you're gonna experience life. Some of you in this room are prophets and prophetesses. Some of you in this room are teachers in the house of God. Some of you have been called to preach the word and pastor. Some of you have been called to plant churches. Some of you have been called to take on ministries like never before, and you've been holding back because you're like, I'm broken, and I'm here to tell you tonight, That's okay. That's what we want. We want you to come before the Lord and say, all right, God, here I am. Use me. Why would you stand to your feet tonight? You're in this room and you just feel like, man, I just want some prayer. I'm gonna make a, a step of faith. And as a step of faith, I'm gonna step out of my seat and I'm gonna come forward to say, okay, God, I'm stepping out in my brokenness. I'm stepping out my fear. And I want to make a declaration tonight. You say, Ryan, I need breakthrough in my life. I feel broken. I feel weary. Maybe you feel burned out. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you feel confused. Maybe you feel hurt. Maybe there's someone in this room that offended you. Maybe you're offended with a pastor in the church. You've got something in your life tonight. I want you to come forward. Come on, we're just going to lay our hands on you and pray for you tonight. And the band's just going to play for a couple minutes. But if that's you right now, it's a matter of stepping out in faith. Okay, God, I'm going to take this step right now. And I'm going to go to the next level in my call of God in my life. Come on, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Saints Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Pastor Ryan's church over on in Calgary, you could head to lovecitychurch.ca. And if you'd like to learn more about Saints Church, you could do the same and head to saintschurch.ca. And there you can find more information about who we are, as well as service times, locations, and more online content. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.